What's up, good people? Welcome back to the Holy Shit Pod, a Theolab media production. Theolab is a media collective committed to fostering a more candid dialogue about faith, spirituality, culture, and the world around us. Learn more by visiting theolabmedia.com. As we come to the end of Pride Month, we are ending the month-long celebration discussing a question from one of Katie's favorite listeners, but she may be a little biased. More on that later. Today, we're talking about pronouns, gender identity, and the importance of putting some respect on people's pronouns. The gang's all here, so I ain't gonna tear it no more. Let's get right into it. What is up, good people? Welcome back to the Church of Holy Shit and the Temple for all the saints and especially the ain'ts. I am the first member of the unholy trinity that is the Holy Shit Pod, the Reverend Brandon T. Maxwell. I am the second member of the Unholy Trinity, the Reverend Karen Teresa Ricks, but you can call me Katie. And I am the most important part of the Trinity. You can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> that was God taking your tongue and tying it up so you could not speak. I am the most important part of the Trinity. Shit, I still want to call it a Trinity. What is a Trinity? I have no idea. And I am the most important part of the Trinity, the comforter, the one that will come, the one that will keep you. I'm Pastor Sam. I'm the real Pastor Sam, Reverend Samuel Lee White III. Put some respect on my name. Why are you childish? (laughs) Why? If you're the only Pastor Sam, then we are in a world of trouble. But more importantly, Brandon, you've been saying you're the Holy Mother for the last two weeks. And I want to have a talk with you about that because I think I should be the Holy Mother because I'm the only one who actually has children. But, but wait, <laughs> he ain't the Holy Mother. He the Holy Mother. I, I can't even say it. I can't even say it because I'm trying to do better. You didn't mind saying it a couple of weeks ago. I'm glad you're doing better. He, he, a, <laughs> he a Holy Mother. <laughs> MF. <laughs> He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Why are y'all like this? But yes, I am uh, just redacting myself a little bit, Karen. You know, showing some restraint here in the top of the episode because it gets a little messy later on. But I've got an entire podcast concept in mind for you uh, about, you know, embracing your identity as the Holy Mother. But we'll talk about that another time. I guess I'll have to figure out another introduction for myself. Mm, I like a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I'm the Holy Mother. Shut your mouth. I like that. I'm going to keep that. Anyways, before we get in. And Karen should be the ivory mother Jesus because yes. <laughs> she's so white I think porcelain is the porcelain mother <laughs> the porcelain mother oh I love it I ain't that white though <laughs> okay maybe I am I was like can you see your video girl because you are that white <laughs> y'all gonna make my heart stop Ooh. Before we get into the church announcements, a few housekeeping matters, choir rehearsal, if you will. We want to encourage you to listen to Feel That Media's latest podcast, Healing Jephthah's Daughters with Lisa Weaver. We are rounding out season one on that podcast. If you haven't listened to it yet, go ahead and click the link in the show notes to navigate to Healing Jephthah's Daughters and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. This is a podcast for women and girls who are trying to heal from the traumatic relationships that they may have had with their fathers or parental figures. And I've learned that all kind of people are getting uh, healing from this podcast. Women, girls, non-gender binary humans, cis folks, trans folks, men, women, everybody getting healed. So y'all go listen to Healing Jephthah's Daughter's second housekeeping thing. 
If you have not yet visited patreon.com forward slash Media, we want you to hit there right now. And we are passing the offering basket. We want you to put a little love offering in there, just like the woman in the Bible who gave two mites. All you got to do is give two mites. Just two mites a month goes a long way. But support the good news of holy shit and the good work that we're doing here. A couple of you have emailed to ask how you can support. So we're trying to be more forthright about naming that in episodes so that if there are others out there in the stratosphere who are interested interested in supporting the work of Fiolab Media, you can do so. And last but certainly not least, we typically save this until the very end, but we're going to front load this call to action, if you will. We would love it if you would like, follow, rate, and review this podcast, especially if you're listening in Apple Podcasts. Right now, my mother's review is like the primary one that I see. When I go on there, she's talking about how much she still believes in God because she was so frustrated or bothered at that time that I prayed to the enslaved God. And she said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I got to pray because I still believe even though my world has been shaken. So she believed her God is free. I don't know if she believed that thing. She said that episode best to up when that silence hit at the end. She said, oh, no. But anyway, go ahead and like, follow, rate, and review this podcast. It is another way that you can share the good news of holy shit with a friend. And with that, let's get into it. Church announcements. This is a time where we focus on what's happening in the world. Typically, it's about faith, politics, and culture. Our first one comes to us from the Southern Baptist Convention. In a dramatic showdown two weeks ago, the Southern Baptists elected a moderate pastor from Alabama as their next president. The election of this pastor, whose name is Ed Litton, was the result of a three-way standoff for leadership of the nation's largest Protestant denomination. So I'm just trying to figure out what brand of moderate this man is because he can't be moderate in the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, I was going to say, calling anybody a moderate in the Southern Baptist Convention is like calling them Mitch McConnell. I mean, that like Trump would be the ultra conservative. <laughs> man. You can't have a moderate person in the Southern Baptist Convention. Yeah, the question is, which brand of Baptist is this person? Is it like a Mitch McConnell Republican, a Trump Republican, a Mitt Romney Republican, John McCain? Like, what brand is your moderate? I only think he's moderate because he believes in a certain brand of unity that doesn't require uniformity. So he, in word anyway, wants to embrace diversity. I think that's the only reason they're labeling him as moderate. One of the only reasons anyway. (laughs) Diversity. He's probably talking about like white people with brown hair, white people with blonde hair, white people with red hair. I mean, I think that's probably the diversity he's talking about, right? He said 50 shades of white. Not Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Fifty Shades of White. <laughs> no, nah, he's actually very kind of explicit in saying that the Southern Baptist Church has to like mm. change. We has to change that there are a number of minority congregations, minority leaders who the Southern Baptist Church can't continue to exist without allowing them to have a seat at the table. And I think the the other more conservative members are like, F that. Like, we ain't finna change our denomination. Like, white people run this shit. And we're gonna keep running this shit. I mean, so I think that's why they're saying he moderate. You notice they didn't say progressive. Ain't nobody progressive. Well, that's an oxymoron if you're talking about the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> so anyways, we wish you well, Southern Baptist Convention. We left you a long time ago when y'all said y'all believed in slavery and didn't want to teach critical race theory. But actually, in 2019, the Southern Baptist Convention adopted um, a resolution saying that they should teach critical race theory and that that should be accepted in the Southern Baptist nomination. And that was affirmed in Nashville a couple of weeks ago when Lytton became the president. Oh, well, teach me something new. I'm just saying. It's still too little too late. I ain't going to be going back. I agree. I agree. Well, they also don't like the homosexuals, so I don't have a place in that denomination. And women, they don't like women preaching. 
They don't like anybody who's not Fifty Shades of White. But did they actually pass that resolution, Sam? Because... They passed it in 2019 and they affirmed it a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Sam think he know everything. I know what I know. I know, but he's sitting here defending the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not defending anything. I'm correcting Brandon. He be on the Southern Baptist Reddit feed. <laughs> Talking about, <laughs> you can pick me, Lytton. You can make me one of your token Negroes. He just wants to be on the uh, executive board. No, I just read it because I seen this article. Somebody was posting about what's going on in the Southern Baptist. I was like, what happened? It was talking about him as a moderate being elected, but it also talked about this whole thing about critical race theory. And I was like, whoa, I didn't know that. I still have a vote of no confidence in the entire convention. I agree. Speaking of brands of Republican, did y'all know Marco Rubio got a little competition in the Senate race? I heard about that. Val Demings? Val Demings, the Democratic Congresswoman from Florida, said that she wanted to unseat Marco Rubio and she is challenging him for his Senate seat in the 2022 race. Yeah, she was like the first female chief of police in Orlando. Is that correct? I think so. And and she's really been blazing a trail as a member of the House. And she actually may have the chops to unseat Marco and become the next senator in Florida. And I hope she does. I hope she does, too. I don't know if it's going to work or not. One of the first things that the Republicans did is talked about how she wanted to defund the police. And of course, she posted pictures with her in her chief of police uniform. Like, oh, so I want to defund the police, but look at me in my chief of police costume. Costume. I think it's a uniform <laughs> is what they call it. A uniform. It's a costume. It was, it's drag. I mean, she basically was like, look at me in this drag show posing as a chief of police because black people be playing drag all the time but that's a different podcast episode the point is Val Demings is trying to unseat Marco Rubio who deserves to be unseated and Val Demings we wish you well it would be great to have another black woman in the Senate now that Kamala Harris had to depart to be the vice president of the United States Sam speaking of which we had a new pod listener who's catching up on the holy shit pod Um, his name is Craig from the DC area what's up Craig Craig said that he wants to join in on your bet that uh, Kamala Harris is going to be the (laughs) nominee for the uh, Democrats. Is he saying he agrees with me? Is he saying he agrees with me or disagrees? He agrees with you. I, I think she's going to be the nominee because by the time the next election comes around, she's going to be the president. Yeah. This is the thing. Joe Biden ain't going nowhere. He going to die. Who's how? He got a foot <laughs> in the grave already, man. Y'all going to listen. They're going to keep him alive Mm-mm. as long as they can on life support. And people going to be like, where is Joe? And all of a sudden, Kamala going to be getting sworn in. I'm telling you. Yeah, you can believe that if you want to. They are pumping Joe Biden full of nanites every single day. He has all them little baby robots in his blood fixing everything about him. They have already created a Joe Biden uh, artificial intelligence robot. Joe gonna die. For all you know, that ain't really Joe. That's a robot. (laughs) All you gotta do if you want to be Joe Biden and have a Joe Biden robot is point your fingers. And wear some aviators. Oh, my. <laughs> it might be the last three months of this term, but Kamala gonna be the first black woman president, and she's gonna be on the ticket for the next uh, election. I'm just telling you. Well, Craig said he got two fifty on it, and I'm gonna take both of y'all's money. And when it happens, both of y'all owe me two hundred and fifty dollars in um, U.S. dollars. So you're telling me if Kamala Harris is running to be... Is the nominee. If Kamala Harris is the nominee, you're going to pay me and Craig $250. That's what you just said. No, no, no. You said, and Craig said, that y'all was going to put $250 on it. Craig said he wanted me to donate to Kamala Harris's campaign if she was indeed the front runner. Oh, I don't want that shit. I want my money. I don't want... No, 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 no. Don't you donate <laughs> nothing. Don't you donate nothing to her campaign. I want all my money. Craig, I ain't with you on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can just put the money in the pot. So everybody put in 250. 
Craig, send yours in. It can be made uh, a check payable to Brandon T. Maxwell. Uh, uh, uh. And I'll put it in. (laughs) (laughs) Last church announcement for today. Speaking of politics and the world, this is a little bit more of our culture item. New York City and California are open. This is an exciting progression in the pandemic that has been the last 75 months. And these are the two cities where COVID-19 hit the hardest and the worst. And there were some of the most uh, draconian measures put in place to preserve the health and safety of those communities. And it is wonderful to see that both of those cities are reopening. We're hearing about Broadway plays that are about to come back and host audiences. Oh, I hadn't heard that. And I'm trying to plan a trip to like San Francisco and New York City, honey, because that's that's my business. Let's go. I'm coming. But, Brandon, please don't get naked on this trip. I can't do it no more. Are there nude beaches in San Francisco? Because I, I do not I do not get naked in front of you all. Uh, except for Sam last week. I didn't get naked in front of Sam. Y'all are going to stop. No, he just, answered the, he just answered the door naked. Do I need to post this just, picture of you standing at the door naked? Sam, are you trying to come out? Are you trying to come out? It's Pride Month. Why are you snapping pictures? You took one on your phone? I couldn't believe it. <laughs> He said, I'm going to take a picture of this shit. It's Pride Month. Sam's widening his horizons. Speaking of Pride, last church announcement. Y'all know about Cynthia Revo? Who? Who is that? Color Purple. Harriet. Oh, Cynthia Revo. Sister Act. Whoopi Goldberg. She was in all them shows. She got a new album coming out and she dropped her single. And if you look at the music video, the love interest in the video is a woman. Now, she didn't. I'm not saying that she said she was gay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying that she said that she was gay, but I am saying that she didn't say that she wasn't gay and her love interest was all kind of womanly. So what I hear you saying is that you're assuming that person's pronouns. Did I use a pronoun? You didn't, but you're assuming their gender identity. The person looked like a woman. You're assuming that there's a womanly way of being. Speaking of pronouns and gender identity, today's Word of Pod features a conversation about those topics. <laughs> That's my point. So that was a helpful segment. Well played, KT. We're going to take a quick break before we get into that so that you can hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about pronouns and gender identity. I don't know why I whispered it. So I'm just trying to figure out what brand of moderate this man is. He's uh, the Katie brand. Oh, what? No, you didn't. She's like, she's a moderate Presbyterian. He's a moderate Southern Baptist. You did not call my friend moderate. I am so not a moderate Presbyterian. I'm just playing. She's so offended. For this word from our sponsors, we have once again prayed the gay away and Sam is not here. We've duct taped his mouth shut and tied his arms. He won't be able to speak. This is just a queer one. In the beginning of this month, we talked about the possibility of creating a Holy Shit Pod playlist for Pride, and you all responded. You all sent text messages, emails, Facebook messages, Instagram messages, and sent in all of your favorite songs to Shake Your Booty for Pride, and we have included all of those songs in one playlist that is available now on both Spotify and Apple Music. If you want to shake your booty a little bit, and even praise the Lord, because I think somebody's sending a Kia Rashid song, which was a mess, but I love it, and I'm included it anyway because we believe in including people if you want to shake your booty while you're praising the lord go ahead and look in the show notes click the link associated with the app inside which you listen to music we'll talk about the playlist a little bit more later on katie get your spirit ready go ahead and do your me me me's and your momos i'm gonna get you to sing a little bit on the next break i guess we can untie sam now 
Oh, you know what? I said pray the gay away. I meant pray the straight away. We pray the straight away, y'all. We ain't never praying the gay away. Come on, Sam. Get back in here with your straight self. And let's get into the word of pod for the people of pod. Thanks be to pod. Today's Word of Pot conversation comes to us courtesy of one of Katie's favorite listeners, Jordan from Atlanta. ATL, shawty. Jordan used our online recording feature to send us this question. Hey, friends of the Holy Shit Pod. I'm Jordan, and I currently live in Decatur, Georgia. Could you please have a conversation about pronouns, the importance of asking people's pronouns, the need to destigmatize asking people's pronouns, using gender-neutral pronouns when you do not know someone's preferred pronouns, and all things pronouns. A particular one of your podcasters could benefit from this conversation. <clears throat> KT, excuse me. Anyways, happy Pride, y'all. Wait a minute. Is that my child? What you mean is that your child? Who else do you know named Jordan? Oh my goodness. <laughs> she did not even tell me she was going to do that. Oh, for real? <laughs> I thought y'all playing that. Call her in here. Hey, Jordan, come on in here. Jordan, Elizabeth, Mary Ann, Taylor, Ellen, you know all them white middle names. Jordan, come in here. Jordan, why didn't you tell your mama you were submitting this? I don't know. Y'all said to submit something, so I did. This is fantastic. Thank you. I hope the conversation enlightens you. You are a shady little human. <laughs> but for real, thank you, Jordan. I'm so glad you used it. See, it, it does actually work. If you are like Jordan and you want to send us a question, go to theolapmedia.com and just click on the little pink and purple box on the left hand side of the webpage and it'll invite you to send us a voice memo of up to five minutes. We've got a few more we're going to share on episode 25. So get yours in today. So let's start with talking about our pronouns. So Sam, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are he, him, his, and my nigga. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. That's not. That's not one. <laughs> <laughs> but that you you could claim my nigga as a pronoun. Yeah, <laughs> you could. That's that would be a neo pronoun, if you will. <laughs> my nigga, my nigger, my right. nigger. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I should do that just so white people could feel like they can't say it. It was like I can't. I can't call you. I can't do that. Mm-mm. Karen, what your pronouns be? My pronouns are she and her. I learned from my child that only old people say she, her, hers, that it's actually more hip to say she, her. So she tried to call you old on Sly Sam. She's shady. No, no, she said she, her. It's not the same with he, him, his. (laughs) It's not the same. Oh, it isn't? It's not. No, 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 no. It's not the same for men. Him is different than his. What the hell is wrong Mm -mm. with you? Touche. I'm Brandon. Historically, I've gone by he, him, his pronouns. Those have been the pronouns that have been ascribed to me. I'm a cisgender man and I've, I respond to he, him, his. But it's also been the case that in my life, women have felt comfortable around me perhaps and they'll be like, girl, and they'll refer to me with the she, her, her, she, her pronoun. And I don't get offended by that. And then I also like as an act of solidarity, don't mind if we need to use the uh sort of third person plural, they, them, their pronoun, which is also now singular. So really for me, any pronouns are cool. Just don't call me out my name. The function of pronouns is so that we can be precise and making sure that people know who we're talking about. And so if you experience me in a more effeminate manner and you call me she, I was talking to Brandon and she did da 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 I'm not going to be offended at all. I'll just be like, okay, that's cute. And I also am aware that as a cisgender man, there's a sort of privilege that comes in saying that I'm happy with any pronouns. And so I don't want to take that lightly, but I'm just naming that pronouns ain't a big deal for me. So if that was strange for you, if you've never had to highlight your pronouns and you didn't know that was a thing, let's backtrack just a little bit. So 
Did either of y'all remember the first time that someone asked you your pronouns or someone invited you into a space where that was a practice? I actually do. I was serving as a pastor in a church and I went to Duke campus ministry and I was speaking about LGBTQ people in the church and my experience. Um, The campus minister said, what are your pronouns? And I'm like, shit, I have no idea what this means. And they went around and thankfully I was the last one. I was like, okay, at least there's a female here who I can like do whatever they say. I had just never heard of it before. And so um, it was, so that was the first time. And then it wasn't really until I came to my current job where I was even more aware of pronouns and different pronouns and that. I can't remember the exact situation as Katie has recalled, um, but I want to say it had to be probably within the last three to four years. And so this may be even at the end of my seminary experience or post-seminary that I've been either speaking with a group of people or attending um, some type of meeting and in the introductions, it's like, let's start by introducing ourselves and our pronouns. And much like Katie, I think the first experience, I wasn't, the, I'm never the first person to go. I don't ever want to be the first person to, to introduce myself. I'm not, I'm not that guy. And so I was able to have people model that for me so I could understand what was being asked of me. It didn't seem or feel weird. For me, it made sense. And it sparked an awareness for me that everyone doesn't go by the, the, the same pronouns that you might assume. So The word assume is helpful there, right? Like there's an assumption associated with pronouns. Oftentimes, we assign people pronouns or assume people's pronouns based on what we assume about their gender identity based on their gender expression. I'm using a lot of words, I know. So gender identity is different than gender, right? So your sex was assigned to you at birth and based on your sex, male, female, you are also likely assigned a gender, man, woman. So those are two different things. And then we get into talking about gender identity. It may be the case that I was assigned male at birth, and which means that people would call me a man, which would mean I get he, him, his pronouns. But it might be the case that my gender identity is woman. And then I might undergo a process of transformation to ensure that my sex or my biology matches my gender identity, resulting in my pronouns being potentially she, her, if that was my preference. So I know that's a lot of words. We're trying to catch everybody up in case you've been in those meetings where the name tags got the pronouns on them and you get confused. That's how we got here. And the reality is pronouns are a thing and the pronouns are here to stay. And this question came up, I think, primarily because Katie was talking to her daughter and her daughter talked to her about neo-pronouns. Katie, what are neo-pronouns? Well, first of all, I want to say it's so different because while I struggle with changing how I do pronouns and using they, I mean, that's something I've really had to work at. Jordan has absolutely no problem navigating in and out of whatever pronouns. And she will even talk about fish as they because she doesn't know what their pronouns are. And, And anyone that's it's just natural for her so I think it's one of those things that younger folks can ease into naturally but she told me about neo pronouns which I had never heard of that's creating totally new pronouns so not using he she or they some people might use zemzer she she used it as saying I could say my pronoun was tree Jordan likes to swim tree likes to swim. I mean, that was the way she said it to me, that neopronouns are basically any word that you want to use could describe a pronoun. 
Correct. So that's why Brandon said my new pronoun can be my nigga. Okay. <laughs> I have a friend who likes to play with gender, and I think it's mostly constructive, sometimes disruptive, and I'm let it be known when I think it's not necessarily helpful. But at one point, the friend said that their pronouns are going to be he, her, bitch. And I was like, <laughs> let me tell you what I'm not going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to call you bitch as your pronoun. And the friend said, well, that's fine. You can use he or her as well. But the friend was also playing. So that's what your pronouns are. You can literally take any word you want or desire and make it your pronoun. Thon is my pronoun. So that'll be Thon, Thon's, Thon's self, wants to, da 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 One of my friends says this is also how Trump got elected. But we're trying to do the work to debunk that <laughs> and to decenter this sort of fear and to, and to address the fear around pronouns. Because at the end of the day, it actually is about naming people properly. I think we can all tell a story perhaps about a time that we have misgendered someone mm-hmm. by utilizing the improper pronoun. I forgot to share earlier the first time that I encountered pronouns. Mine was also in pastoral ministry. I started pastoring at a church where there were um, a lot of folks w- who were gender non-binary, um, who were trans, who were transitioning, who um, were engaged in relationships in ways that uh, were non-monogamous and non-familiar for me at that time based on my conservative Christian upbringing in the Baptist church. And so very quickly I learned, okay, um, when someone says to me their pronouns, I need to listen for that. And so I remember there was a person um, who came into the congregation and I made an assumption about their gender because their gender presentation was what society might call more masculine, Mm -hmm. that which we would identify with male pronouns. And the person very quickly let me know that I misgendered them um, as it related to their pronouns. And I took that and I was like, great. And from that moment on, I called that person by the pronouns they preferred. And I think it was a little bit embarrassing. I mean, because you never want to make someone feel bad or feel shitty. I mean, when I think about people who are gender non-binary or whose gender expression doesn't match their gender identity in the ways that I have come to be socialized to understand gender, it's embarrassing. But what I learned from that is, at least in that instance, that person was comfortable enough and bold enough to say to me, hey, mm, here's my pronouns. And it wasn't a big thing. The person just wanted me to know their pronouns. And when I shifted and respected that and honored that, we developed a very strong relationship as pastor and parishioner, and there wasn't an issue. And my takeaway from that is what I always try to do now is I try to only use someone's name until they have gendered themselves for me or identified their pronouns for me. I don't do that precisely. Sometimes I still lean into assumptions about gender identity and expression. But in general, if you are unclear about someone's gender identity or uh, or about the pronouns that someone may use, it's probably safest to either just use their name because that's works as well. Katie said this. Katie did that. Katie walked the dog. Mm-hmm. Katie sang in church. Katie spoke in tongues. <clears throat> Katie prophesied. Katie holy danced, right? I don't have to talk about she right. in that instance. I can use Katie's name every time that I'm talking about Katie. And the other thing is you can ask someone. Right. It's not offensive. I think so many times we get scared because we're like, oh my God, I don't want to offend them by asking them their pronouns. But you can lead with it yourself. You can say, hey, I'm Brandon. My pronouns are he, him. And that might invite that person to respond in the same manner. Or you can say, hey, I'm Brandon. And when the person introduces themselves, I'm Katie. Katie, what are your pronouns? Mm -hmm. To Jordan's point, if we just destigmatize it and make it sort of ordinary, yeah. then that also helps. Yeah. I was preaching a few weeks ago and and I was showing Jordan kind of what I was going to do as my introduction. And she's like, why don't you say, hi, I'm Katie and my pronouns are she, her, hers. And I was like, oh, I hadn't even considered that. But it's it's just a way of learning how to do things differently and how to open the conversation up. 
I think the situation that most stands out in my head is there was someone I knew who was transitioning from male to female. And I had walked with this person through that journey and helped them get support. And so I was well-versed in what was going on in her life. And um, one day I was talking to somebody else and there was a lot going on around me. And she brought something in and handed to me and walked out. And my natural inclination is to say, thank you, sir, or thank you, ma'am. And I said, thank you, sir, to that person. And I was like, I am so sorry. And I met, I met with her later and I said, I'm sorry because I know that's significant. And she was like, yeah, I was kind of surprised that you did that. But, you know, this is all a process of learning. And so I think what I learned is that I, I need to be more intentional instead of going with whatever I learned or whatever is my initial response because it's a different world. And I certainly want to respect people for who they are and and where they are. I think it's a, similar to what Katie just identified. It's kind of that trying to live into that, that what you've learned, that Southern, I don't know if we would call it, you know, this Southern courtesy of ma'am and sir, and using those terms kind of incorrectly or in a way that misgendered folks. I think my reality is I'm, I was using them and assigning gender to them in using those terms, but still not knowing if the gender that I was assigning was wrong. If I called someone a sir who actually identified as a woman, but I didn't know that because I never said, is this your pronoun? Or do you, you know, I basically just called someone and said, oh, I'm sorry, sir. But then I realized, oh, wait, that's a woman. But I never, I never personally found out how do you prefer, what is your pronoun? What is, you know, what is your gender identity? And I would like go back and correct myself if I thought I had misgendered somebody by using the wrong pronoun. And so if I said, sir, the rest of the conversation after I realized this is actually a, a female, I would start saying ma'am. Right. But I still didn't have the awareness that I still could have been wrong. Right. You know. Honey, when I first started driving and I was 16, I would go to the drive-thru and I would start ordering my food that I'll say, ma'am, I'm sorry, can you say that again? And I would be offended at that point in my life mm-hmm. and I would be like, mm-hmm. I want a burger and a fry. I bet that happened to you a lot, Katie. People be like, sir, well, sir. That, it's actually true. I mean, you're just teasing me right now, but the reality is that I've been misgendered a ton of times and it frustrates me all the time. I mean, and oh. I've gone, that's fine, that's fine. And I've gone through the process of growing my hair out at times to try to, okay, maybe I'll look more like a girl if this happens or what have you. And then it wasn't until after I gave birth and then I was like, oh, wait, I don't give a shit about what anybody thinks. I've just done like the most amazing thing. But I can appreciate the frustration that exists because of misgendering. And nowadays I handle it by just like standing with my shirt a little tighter <laughs> so they can see that I have a chest. Do you? <laughs> I've never paid attention to it. I'm just asking. I'll look. It's good. I'll look next time. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I'm wearing sweatshirts. I figured. I figured out myself. Don't worry about it. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> no, sir, surely looking at my chest will not make me more uncomfortable. Katie walking around here with her chest poked out. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. 
but I love the fact that you kind of got to the place where you were like, I really don't give a care. I don't, I really don't give a fuck. Like I'm like, if you can misgender me, if you want to, I'm a mom, I'm a woman, here are my pronouns, here's who I am. And there seems to be a way in which that became less important to you and or for you. And I think that was also my response to like the consistent experience of being misgendered at the drive through window or anywhere where someone could only hear my voice. I had initially this reaction where I was like, let me lower my voice so they know that I'm a man. And then it was like, Actually, I don't care. And, that's, and I think that's in part why I got to the place, to Jordan's point. Like, I want to destigmatize pronouns and what it means to hold those things so tightly. I mean, and, and again, for some people, it's important to hold those things tightly. So I'm not trying to impose my experience on others, but it's more so how fearful we are about conversations about pronouns and also how important they are in our society. We have been doing this for years. When I was hearing both you and I say that we um, didn't care, I I would want to say that was how you, well, I can speak only for myself. That's how I came to deal with the fact that I was continually being misgendered. For folks who are non-binary or trans, I, I wouldn't want to say that that might be a way that other folks deal with that situation. Um, I wouldn't want to minimize it like that. That's not the end goal is to get to the point where you don't care. I think claiming your identity as a human and whatever gender or whatever pronouns you use is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why I tried to do the caveat to say, like, for me, this is how I have navigated this, but I'm not trying to impose this on everybody at all because I don't think that's the standard. But I know that one way that I, as a cisgender gay man, can do work that helps to create a conversation about gender and helps to destigmatize it is when people, because it still happens, it literally, like, if I'm in a room full of women, I might uh, have my wrist broken a little bit more and I might snap a little bit more and we might be all engaged in a conversation about that man, that that fine-ass man that just walked by. And people might forget that I'm a man sitting here and they might say, girl... And for me, I'm not going to be like, I, I, I sit here at a nice ass, but I, I ain't no woman. Not, I'm like, honey, that's fine. Sis, it's, it's cute. Like, let's move on. But that's one way to do work. That's not to say that everyone should have that same approach, right? Right, right. Jordan, we're with you. We're interested in destigmatizing pronouns and helping people to adopt better language and patterns of behavior as it relates to talking to people and figuring out, determining, communicating our pronouns and listening for theirs. So we're going to take a quick pause. And when we come back, we're going to transition just a little bit to talk about how our theology, our religious communities inform our language around gender. So back to the Holy Shit Pod and Theolab Media Pride playlist. Katie, have you listened to the playlist? I have listened to it. This is amazing. I mean, the diversity of songs is 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 amazing enough, but it is just it helps me get inspired to um, not just to shake my booty, but uh, but to, li- to live and, and have fun and laugh and enjoy life, which is what queer people need in the world in general. You've got to have a time to just be and let it all out and have fun because the world we're facing is challenging. So I am grateful for it. I'm I'm so excited. Katie, you in a good you you in a good spiritual director space today. I need you to wake up a little bit. We gotta sample the songs. <laughs> we don't wanna be sued and we ain't paying nobody for this music. We're gonna sing a couple of these songs for you so you get a little taste of what's on the playlist. Oh shit. Now, you knew this was coming because I gave you a warning. Y'all, uh, when you do the edit, go ahead and take the music down right here so we can hear Katie sing. Y'all can bring it back up when Katie finishes her sermonic selection. I think we got an A, B, C, D, E, F, G selection. <laughs> 
This is Sunday when the white church come to sing at the black church and you just be like, oh, that's so precious. So let me check my notes here. Let me scroll through the little playlist and see who's on here. Let's see. Uh, Diana Ross is on there and, sh- and it's I'm coming out as you might expect. Katie, how's that go? I'm coming out. I want to let you know that I don't know the words. <laughs> <laughs> How about it's raining men? It's raining men. Hallelujah. This is horrible version of it. It's raining men. Amen. Amen. And then we also got little Cardi B. If it's up, then it's up and it's up and it's stuck. Hey, you know that, uh, Katie? I don't know that one. Enough to sing it. And we also got Megan the Stallion, body You know that Katie? <laughs> I do know it. Not enough to sing it, but I do know that one even better. Look at you. You also know about that wet ass pussy. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> saying that that way. <laughs> I mean, because your daughter told you about it. Right. You got to think through these things before you say them. I'm horrible. And they got Sister Sledge. We are family. How's that go, Ricks? <laughs> we are family. My Is it my brothers and sisters and me? Is that how it goes? I got all my sisters with me. I got all my sisters with me. I'm so proud of you for singing all these songs. I never thought this would happen. Well, it's so great because I can't see you. We also have some really great recent songs from uh, Lizzo. We got a little Tempo. We got a little Todrick Hall. I like Boys and Raining Fellas. We've got some Janelle Monet. Make Me Feel. We got some Victor Jackson, who's also a Holy Shit Pod listener. Make Me Feel. We've got I Will Survive, Gloria Gaynor. That's a little bit of a throwback. We also got a little Whitney Houston on there because you can't have prop without Whitney Houston. And my favorite song on the playlist is my theme song. It's by one of my favorite new artists, Duran Bernard. It's called Relocate. I feel like he was writing that song about me. (laughs) But anyways, go listen to the Pride playlist. It get your entire life for the rest of this season. What we don't have on here is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Somewhere over the rainbow. You know what? You're right. By the time you listen to this episode, that will be on the playlist as well. (laughs) Katie didn't send in her submissions. This was only from our (laughs) listeners. I made it a point to put in songs that were submitted and you didn't send it in. So it's on there now. All right. All right. Let's get back into it. One day in undergrad, I was walking down the sidewalk with one of my closest friends at the time. And my friend said, Brandon, what would you do if somebody called God mother? And I thought about it for a second. And I said, I would ask why. If you know me, you know that I'm always going to ask why. And he said, just because they felt like calling God mother, would you have a problem with that? And I said, no, not at all. Like, okay, mother God. And I think this this particular friend would ask me these questions to try to get a rise out of me. (laughs) And this day he was Mm -hmm. unsuccessful. And I think for me, the reason that I didn't have an issue with that is because even though I was raised in the South and raised in a Black Baptist church, I never came to identify so strongly with gendered language for God. Most people would utilize he, him, his pronouns for God, he, him, his pronouns for Jesus, and 
Surprisingly, I was a part of a church that even used he, him, his pronouns for the Holy Spirit. They would talk about the Holy Spirit being a perfect gentleman. And I was like, oh, so like this language about God is important for some people. Mm -hmm. Gendered language about God is important for some people, but it never has been that important for me. And I think the tension that I experienced in Black church circles is I would hear people sing mother to the motherless. I would hear the deacons pray and utilize feminine language for God. But then if you ask them to engage in a dialogue about those things outside of prayer or praise, all of a sudden God had to be father and God had to be he, him, his. What's y'all's experience been in church? Mine has been very similar to that, Brandon. It's funny because I was in seminary, I think maybe my first semester in seminary, and someone that I knew from college, singing in college gospel choirs and stuff, called me one day and was like, you at that school? And I was like, yeah. He was like, I don't know. You need to, you need to reconsider because apparently one of his friends who had just graduated from the same seminary, recently they were out to eat. And the, they asked the friend to pray at the restaurant and he prayed and he closed that prayer by saying, Mother God. And they were so offended and was just like, you know, who is Mother God? We, when we pray, the Lord's Prayer says, our Father who art in heaven. Like, what is this? I was getting on the shuttle to go home. I remember this so vividly. And I began to engage in a conversation with this person about why is that so problematic for you? Why is it necessary First, for you to gender God, but then for that gender to be male. The friendship didn't end. Any, I mean, we had a, a constructive conversation. I probably didn't change any minds, but it was so fascinating. And and that was probably one of my first, I mean, being in seminary, you, you're kind of taught in the seminary I attended anyway, to write and to reflect in a way that does not use gendered language uh, as frequently as we do in the in other settings. But for me, I really started to think critically after that conversation of why is it so important for us to see God as this male figure? But then I also had, oh my God, I also had this experience when I went back home to my stepdad's church during seminary and it was a revival and there was this pastor preaching, a, a guest minister. And he his whole sermon was literally about how basically women can't preach and how God used male factors and God, everything that God did was around these male images and it was just absolutely horrifying. And so it's these experiences that really made me really want to push um, the issue with this language. And so for me, I don't like to use any language that genders God, but I do try to strategically and intentionally use language that's not masculine to identify God if I am using language, sometimes just to piss people off. Well, I think I talked about this on a previous podcast, but my mom was started seminary um, when I was in second and third grade and she was going part-time, finally finished um, when I was in middle school. But she was like a real radical feminist at that time and and would use she to to talk about God and she would use they instead of theos because she wanted to drop that masculine ending that many languages have. And so um, when I was a, in high school, I had a sign on my wall that said, when God created man, she was only joking, which also troubles, I mean, it's like a reverse patriarchy in some ways, but the reality is I learned about God as genderless from a very early age. 
I would say that now I'm less interested in making God genderless and more interested in looking at the many images of God in the Bible, which include a mother hen, which include a father, and which include all kinds of ways of describing God. And so it's actually easier for me to imagine God as all genders than it is for me to work with humans in that area. Katie, to that point, I had another email from a Holy Shit Pod listener, Beth, out of Decatur, Georgia. And this Holy Shit Pod listener was performing a wedding for a same-sex couple and utilizing Genesis 1. And I don't know if this was intended, but the person was just reflecting on that experience. And the person said, the Imago Dei, which is another name for God, is not cisgendered. The Imago Dei is not binary. The Imago Dei is relationship, intimacy, and community. And when you think about that, we've inherited a tradition wherein God is gendered and God is male and God is he and God is him and God is his. But that's because we've inherited that. Mm -hmm. Just because a language utilizes a particular masculine or feminine pronoun in order to describe something, that doesn't necessarily mean that our logical conclusion has to be that that also is male. Because if you think about how God functions, if you think about how the Imago Dei functions, it's always been more than one person, one entity, and rarely has it been either or. It's not either God the Father, Creator, Mother, or God the Son, Daughter, Child. You always got at least three. So you can't even get a binary out of God. Hmm. Right, because if we're made in the image of God, then every single human that you see is a reflection of who God is. Come on, preach, Katie. Preach, Katie. That means God's bigger than it's any t- t- of t- us t- can t- imagine t- on our own. I mean, you know, I think that's a wonderful statement. That's exactly how I, I would view it. I mean, God transcends and includes all genders, all ages, all races, all ethnicities. I mean, that's that's who God is. Um, and that's hard to conceptualize if you're sitting in your house watching Fox News or TBN or or the 700 Club or or whatever, you came to throw some rocks today. Okay, rock throw. She did. She did. First of all, I watched Fox News and TBN and the 700 Club. And I'm kidding. I don't watch none of that shit. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's the reality of it, right? Like I heard uh, a pastor say, "All means all," and that's all. All means like. When we talk about everyone, all people being created in the image of God, that's all people. We don't really live into this stuff, right? We don't really believe the stuff that we espouse because if we did, we would be a whole lot more loving, a whole lot more embracing and accepting of folks and their identities. Also understanding that God's image, God's identity is reflected in theirs. And so I, I felt that, Katie. I felt that when you said everybody is created in this image. Everybody, God is reflected in in all of these images. And so, yeah, I I felt that deeply. Well, I mean, and since we're here and we're still celebrating Pride Month, and I think one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode is because we didn't want to like do a bait and switch with people to say we're talking about pronouns and then add some stuff about gender. We need to do an entire episode about gender identity. And that will probably happen outside of Pride because we're almost near the end of the month already. But we had to celebrate Juneteenth last week as well. But I think for me, 
beginning a conversation about pronouns is actually a natural way for us to talk about gender identity and talk about the fact that even within LGBTQ communities, it is often the case that the T is forgotten about. Right. And the T is placed on the back burner. Like in the civil rights movement, colorism was a thing. They knew that Rosa Parks was going to get a different reaction because of her skin complexion. People could empathize more with Rosa because she wasn't a dark-skinned woman. Rosa wasn't the first person to sit on a bus, but the first person that did it was a dark-skinned woman. That didn't play well in the media. And so many times when we're doing LGBTQ equality, LGBTQ justice work, we want that tea to sit on the back burner because we want to make sure that the gay white men are on the front lines because we're more likely to advance some sort of agenda if those are the voices that you hear. I think all of that is bullshit, quite frankly. And it's just another sort of perpetuation of racism. And it's another way in which even we as gay folks perpetuate heteronormativity and binary gender logic and cisgender normativity. And it's not good. At the end of the day, God does encompass all, all of our identities and our beings. And so it's imperative that we make space for our siblings in Christ by by not only asking questions about people's pronouns, and that's not an interrogation, that's an invitation, right? But it's also about understanding how we can learn to talk about gender in more nuanced and more complex ways. Absolutely. Um, I I think um, one of the things that kind of bubbled up within me when you were talking about that is one of the folks that I know who is non-binary said to me, because I usually frequently use LGBTQ plus or as, or the quilt, was it quilt bag that you talked about? That quilt bag. Yeah. Yeah. That language. And what they suggested was trans, queer, and non-binary. Yeah. So I did this in the sermon that I preached recently and and I had folks who are either trans or or in the queer community say, I am so grateful that you said trans first, that that was such a part of it. But then I had, because queer was, has been such a difficult word for people in my generation and above, right? And, and so I've really learned from others to be able to reclaim that word because it was used as derogatory earlier. But I had I had an interesting discussion with someone who had who had trouble being categorized as queer, right? And so a lesbian who had trouble being categorized as queer. So it's so hard to try to make titles or names. And so I think that that speaks to the intentionality that we have of asking people who they are and allowing people to identify themselves and and trying to steer away maybe from these categories or boxes that we throw folks in. That's a good word, Ricks. I think that does lead nicely into our sort of closing moment of inviting people to life and life more abundantly. And so what are our invitations for listeners? Some people may not have an awareness of some of these things. And I don't, I don't necessarily know that that's, that should be an excuse. I'm not saying that people necessarily have to have the awareness. People won't know all of these things or get all of these things right. My invitation really is to be able to extend the common courtesy of allowing people to live into their own identities and accepting that, you know, uh, allowing that, giving people that freedom and that liberty, I think is super, super important. And so my, my invitation is to let people be free. Let people be who they say they are. It's not hard to do, man. Just, just let people be who they are. I think my invitation is to, uh, to just engage intentionally. For me, 
working with pronouns is is something I have to think deeply about because I I default to the the original things that I was born with, right? And and which is the binary. And so I need to work hard on that. And so I think my invitation is for others to truly listen to folks, truly get to know people and ask them who they are and let them define themselves because we wouldn't want someone to define us. And so I think I would challenge, I would invite people to start doing pronouns, put it in your signature line, start talking about it, start talking about it with your friends and then then branch out so that you can be even more aware of how to be welcoming to all people, just like the God who, whom everyone is made in the image of is. And my invitation is to be creative and be imaginative. Don't put God in a box because the extent to which you put God in a box is the extent to which you will put your friends and family members who are gender non-binary and or trans and or gender expansive into boxes. Sometimes I'll say to parents, your children are your best teachers. Yeah. Katie, your child, Jordan, is the one who introduced this topic and by your own admission is the person who's helped you to think more expansively about your faith and about how you operate in the world. Absolutely. And I'm not drawing a correlation here to infantilize trans siblings at all because trans siblings are full-grown adults, but I'm drawing a correlation to say a parent who opens themselves up to a child and learns something from their child is doing something that our society tells us is unnatural because the parent is the teacher, right? The parent is the authoritarian. And so you have to shift how you learn to relate to people in order to engage in that transformative work. In the same way, if you think that your gender identity and or expression is the standard or the norm, it's time to decenter yourself because there might be something that your trans and gender non-binary siblings can teach you about God. Because I had this thing hit me so heavy one day when I was thinking about all these Baptist images of being transformed, right? All these Baptist preachers who preached about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed, right? We had a whole children's Bible study series about transformers. And I thought one day, oh my God, our trans siblings who have the courage to speak And to say how you are gendering me, how you are naming me is not correct. And our trans siblings who have the courage to jump through all the hurdles that our society creates financially, emotionally, psychologically, health-wise, who jump through all those hurdles to be the fullest expression of themselves so that the person that they know God created them to be on their inside is evidence on their outside, on their exterior. They have the fullest model of what it means to be transformed. Yeah. They have the fullest model of what it means to wrestle with putting a certain self away and raising a new self to life. I've never seen it embodied more effectively or more fully. We were sitting in the church service one day and one of our members completed their transition. Mm -hmm. So this is the second invitation and I apologize, but I was just reminded of this story. We didn't have a way to ritualize that because nobody taught us that. We didn't have a script for that. So we created one on the spot. And we took a song that was popular at that time. You may have heard it. You remember that song, Karen? Hands up, arms open wide as the sky. God, we lift your name high. 
And then the vampires let all the other names fade away. Yes. Until there's only you that all. And so we took that vamp and we started to sing because that person, in in terms of their transition, was embracing their new name that day. And so we as a congregation started to sing, let all the other names fade away. And we sang that person's name. I'll put my name there because I don't want to disclose that person's identity if they don't want to be identified. But we said, let all the other names fade away. Brandon is your name. Let all the other names fade away. Brandon, take your place. Brandon, take your place. And so for congregations, figure out how to ritualize these moments as well and to make them holy because they will teach your congregation, your parishioners, how to be more faithful, how to be more loving, and how to be more divinely human. I think I was struck by what you said about learning from Jordan. And and I mean, that's one of the greatest gifts of being a parent. But so many times we are taught that we are supposed to know everything, that we're gonna we're supposed to have all the answers. And and that's where a lot of the tension arises in the world about anything. And so um I think my invitation is to first of all be open to learning and not having all the answers. But secondly, to be open to be taught by those who are not normally seen as the teachers. That's good. And that brings us to the end of another service here at the Church of Holy Shit and the Temple for All the Saints and Aints. We are grateful to you for once again hanging out with us here on the Holy Shit Pod. Listen, one of the things that we love the most is connecting with you, our listeners. Send an email to holyshit at theolabmedia.com to connect with us, ask a question, submit a discussion topic, or just say hello. As you know, we believe word of mouth is the best way to spread the good news about the Church of Holy Shit. So take five seconds to share this episode with a friend who needs to laugh or that relative who needs to be challenged. And if you're listening in Apple Podcast or any other podcast app that allows you to submit ratings, please leave an honest rating and a review of no less than five stars. That just <laughs> That's just another helpful way to send us feedback and we appreciate it. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to patreon.com forward slash theolabmedia and leave us a little love offering in the offering basket. All right, good people. We'll be back next week and we'll be having a discussion submitted to us by a Holy Shit Pod listener out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're talking about pronouns and why they matter. We'll be in the same place at the same time. Until then, peace. Now, my invitation today is to Brandon. Stop walking around the house naked. Stop answering the door naked. Stop traumatizing <laughs> the Amazon delivery driver. Stop. Just stop. People are dying. How did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> Shit. Let all the other clothes fade away. For naked you came in. Let all the other clothes fade away. Nudity take your place. Nudity take your place. <laughs> <laughs>